Georgia's DBHDD is urging people to store and lock away all medications to prevent theft and keep them away from children and pets. Old medications can be disposed at Dropbox locations. Dropbox locations can be found at opioidresponse.info. Marriage is perhaps the greatest and most challenging adventure of human relationships. You're listening to Nothing Funny About Money. I'm Matt Gorin, and I'm here with Kathleen Burns Kingsbury. Hi, everyone. Today, Matt and I are breaking money silence around a very important topic, weddings. Speaking of silence, we're whispering because we're right in the middle of a ceremony. Your wedding might be the single biggest day of your life, right, Matt? Possibly also the most expensive. Yeah, everything from the venue to the food and the dress can really eat into your budget. In fact, there's an entire industry around weddings. So on today's episode, we'll discuss all these costs, why they're so high, and also some practical tips. Hey, would you nerds please shut up? Wow, so rude. Stay tuned. That was, of course, Here Comes the Bride, and the most extra version I could possibly find. And speaking of extra, how about we start out with the most expensive weddings of all time? Just how much are we talking about? $100 million on the nose, and that was the wedding of Aisha Ambani, the daughter of the richest man in Asia. And here's the best part. Beyonce was their wedding singer. How's that for a wedding singer? How much do you think they paid Beyonce? Two million dollars. For more typical people, where's all that money going? Well, boy, I love planning my wedding. But if you look at the things that cost money, Matt, the venue is the single most expensive piece. I can remember I turned it into a whole trip around New England in order to uh, get a lot of bed and breakfast stays out of it. But in general, for most couples, it can account to almost 90 percent of the total that somebody is going to pay for their wedding. The average American pays over $13,000 just for those simple spaces. But of course, simple spaces are for suckers. And if you want to prove your love, you should get one of these more pricey options. How about renting the public library in New York City? Because who doesn't want to get married in a library? $50,000. That's ridiculous. I thought a public library would be much cheaper. For that price, you might as well go to uh, Biltmore in Asheville, North Carolina. It's also, I hear, $50,000. I don't know. Biltmore, giant mansion, regular old library, people using computers in the background. I don't don't know. know. Library, not so romantic to me, but it may be other people's things. Two librarians? And a sophisticated person, of course, would not be caught dead even in the dumpster of the Biltmore. How about the Mucha Cay, a private island in the Bahamas, $260,000? I can up you one. Belmont Hotel Caruso in Italy, 430000 if you get all the bells and whistles. And you know me, Matt, I would want all the bells and whistles. Of course. Who wouldn't? So what else costs money besides the venue? Well, there's food. I guess if you invite guests, you have to feed them. Fortunately, food is often included in the venue price, but if it's not, expect to pay $30 per wedding guest. 
So the best part of weddings, and I'm a little biased because I'm a chick and I love the show, Yes to the Dress. I watch it all the time. And I don't know why. I don't have any daughters to marry off. I just love that show. What goes on on Yes to the Dress? I've never seen it. Well, it's like any reality show. Three brides come in. There's some sort of theme like cranky moms or controlling grooms. And then they pick out dresses. And it's that simple. And a great thing to spend a lot of time binge watching. <laughs> I'll, I'll take your word for it. On Yes to the Dress, what kinds of prices are we talking about? How much should someone expect to pay for a wedding? You know, dress? the budgets, in my opinion, are pretty insane. Usually the low ball is like $5,000. And then the best episodes are the brides that come in and say, you know what, $10,000 are unlimited. And they're going to wear this dress for four hours or... I love when they pick two dresses because then I get to look at two dresses. <laughs> so the uh, the wedding dress and then the reception dress might each cost you $10,000? Yes, it's crazy. And uh, I would not recommend it for the guests listening in to spend that much money, but I just absolutely love that show. I think my personal favorite is when you just go find a white dress somewhere for like $100. And it's totally fine. It is a good thing that we are co-hosts and not husband and wife, um, although I do believe that uh, wedding dresses shouldn't be over $1,000, and there's no need for two. Well, there you go. See, compromise. It's the foundation of any healthy relationship. I was curious. What's the most expensive wedding dress ever worn? Over $900 thousand dollars. You know what gets to me though, Matt, is the idea that women spend all this money on their wedding dress and grooms hardly spend anything these days. In fact, the average groom spends about $283 on his look compared to, you know, not Kim Kardashian, but the average bride spending at least $1,631 on their wedding dress. And then another two fifty because you have to have jewelry, accessories, shoes, and a purse to match. It seems very, of very course. much like a gender bias happening in the wedding industry. I wore a T-shirt and jeans to my wedding. Okay. So. Well, you can go that route. My husband actually had two tux jackets. Two? Why did he have two he tux He decided jackets? he wanted to make a fashion change. See, we are just shifting gender roles in my family. He had the after-dinner plaid smoking jacket, even though he doesn't smoke. It yes, was the 90s. Stylish. The grunge era. The grunge era? No, it was a Diner. That movie, was it Diner? Oh, no, it was Swingers. The movie Swingers. Yeah, we were oh, channeling sure. a little Swingers. Yeah, he's so money he doesn't even <laughs> exactly. know it. I know my Swingers quotes. Of course, the dress and the groom's outfit is not the only thing that you might spend a lot of money on. If you want live music at your wedding, prepare to spend about 3 $1,500. You can also have a separate ceremony musician, and if you want one of them, expect to pay $600. Uh, we paid about $600 to have somebody play a song as we walk, as I walked down the aisle, right? My big moment. Mm -hmm. And my dad ran me down the aisle so quickly <laughs> that he never got to play the song. Oh, no. He couldn't set up the harp fast enough? No. Sad but true. Bummer. I'm sorry. The photographer I have another trauma story for. On average, that's $2,500 is what you pay for a photographer. I got mine cheap, and you get what you pay for. 
<laughs> What's your trauma around your wedding photographer? She didn't take any pictures that were really very good. And then when I went to go pick up my pictures, she literally turned to me and said, here's this other wedding that I shot. Look how great these pictures turned out. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. That is a bummer. So don't cheap out, as Kathleen said, $2,500 on average for photographers. Some other costs. How about the cake? $550 for your typical wedding cake. Invitations, love paper, over $400 on average. And party favors. Now, I wonder what party favors are. Are those those cameras on the table or or maybe bubbles? But But party favors. It's confetti, I guess. It's an important detail, Matt. Maybe not to you. (laughs) Not to me. But to the bride. I don't recall keeping any party favors from any wedding I've ever gone to. Despite my complete disinterest in them, the average wedding spends almost $300 on those random little knickknacks. Because my photography didn't turn out so great, those cameras on the table really paid off. Well, there you go. See, saved the day. Paid for itself. Yes. If you add up all these different wedding costs, throw them all together, the average wedding cost $33,000 in the United States. You know, the cost of a wedding, though, Matt, can really vary depending on where you have it. If you're getting married in Manhattan, then that's a pricey place, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, The industry says that on average you can expect to pay about $82,000. But I know a lot of people here in Vermont who get married in their backyard and spend very little. And that is actually what I did, which is how I managed to spend only $5,000 on my wedding. Those people in Manhattan, of course, weren't getting married in their parents' backyard. They were getting married in the New York Public Library. So that's $50,000 right there. All of these stats, by the way, are courtesy of Value Penguin. Tired of spending too much on penguins? We hear you. ValuePenguin.com. Is that real? It is real. Are they a sponsor, or are you just trying to do the back-end sponsor thing? (laughs) I, (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing. What a ridiculous name for a website. But they did have lots of uh, interesting stats. What I wanted to know reading all those stats is just how in the world people have been convinced to spend this much on weddings. Well, it turns out there is an entire industry designed to take money from madly in love brides and grooms. And their parents, Matt. You can't forget their parents. It's true. And their parents from their money. Altogether, the wedding industry generates over $70 billion in revenue each year. One by one, all those flower arrangements add up. And while we can't fault anyone for trying to make a living, sometimes wedding planners may outright lie to you. They wouldn't. They would. There's actually something called a wedding tax, where event planners will actually charge more for the exact same service. Check out this investigation by CBC Marketplace. Now it's time for Team Wedding to go in. And remember, we're asking for the exact same menu. Yeah. Three-course meal, is it a bar? Yes, or we want to open bar. Okay. Our quote? $77 plus a two seat. That's $7 more per person. For 200 people, an extra $1,400 just because it's a wedding? That's right, an extra 10% tax just because it's a wedding. So a practical tip? Maybe don't tell any event planner you're getting married. Speaking of practical tips, many more of those coming up. But now we've got to take a break. Before we go, quiz time. 
today's best man hosts the bachelor party, holds rings, and gives a toast, that wasn't always the case. What was the original purpose of the best man? Think about it. Mull it over. Make bets with your friends. We'll get you that answer after the break. You're listening to Nothing Funny About Money on WUGA. 91.7 and 94.5 FM. I'm Matt Gorin. And I'm Michael Thomas. Reach out. Connect with us online at nothingfunnyaboutmoney.org. Support for Nothing Funny About Money comes from Sally May. Families can search for scholarships, make a plan to pay for college, and find private undergraduate, parent, and graduate student loans at sallymay.com. And here is a list of the expenses we discussed. Let's walk through this together. This is so exciting, honey. It's really happening. Uh, sorry, I wasn't expecting so many pages. All very standard, I assure you. Mm. Let's start at the top. Venue. Were you able to get the Ritz Belford? The Ritz is for dog walkers, darling. I got you the little Palm Island in Key West. What? Wedding right on the beach, reception on the rooftop, 12 stories up, stunning views. Wait, I'm sorry. How much are we talking for this? We said $15,000. Honey, it's a rooftop. And I hear you. It's just, how can I make this clear? If you don't book the little Palm Island, it means you hate your fiancé. What? He's right, you know. He's not right. What does that even mean? So the Palm Resort it is. Yay! That's $175,000 for three nights. Oh, my God. Next up, food. You said buffet. Uh-oh. Darling, when I heard you say buffet, I thought, oh, no, she's having a stroke. I'd like buffets. This isn't a golden corral. It's a wedding. I'm thinking quail stuffed with foie gras. White truffles. Now, hang on. Let me just stop you. No. Honey, I'm looking at this list, and it's all so amazing. This is the start of forever. I want the perfect wedding. Given this is my third one, it's now or never. Okay. Well, I guess let's just put down the deposit. Wonderful. And will that be debit or credit? Credit. Credit. We're back. I'm Matt Gorin, and I'm here with financial expert and breaker of money silence, Kathleen Burns-Kingsbury. Before the break, we asked what the original purpose of the best man was, and the answer, to make sure the bride didn't run away. That is horrible. It happens. It happens. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. So if the best man was meant to keep the bride around... Maybe we don't need a best man anymore. Well, why not take it a step further? Just how low can we drop the wedding budget and still have an unforgettable experience? We actually do have the answer to that, courtesy of another famous celebrity couple, Dax Shepard and Kristen Bell. Here's Kristen on The Ellen DeGeneres Show discussing her wedding. And it was a huge wedding, right? Gigantic. Yeah. It was um, the two of us and $142 in uh, legal fees. We went to just the courthouse. And Mm the $142, he tallied up, that includes the gas that it took to get there. Um, So there you have it. They stripped out basically everything and just focus on each other. So when we're thinking about cutting down the costs of weddings, what comes to my mind is don't actually sacrifice anything, just get down to the core of what really matters to you and your soon-to-be spouse. 
So ask yourself questions like, how many people do you actually need at the wedding? And do you need a fancy venue or would a backyard do? If you can get by with, say, 50 people in your parents' backyard and then have the reception right there dancing away for hours with your best friends, that can be a good time. And I know because that's exactly what I did. You know, looking back, I could have done that and it could have been a really good time. But when I was caught up in my late 20s, early 30s, I had to have a fancy venue and expensive food. And how'd that go? It cost my dad a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) So that gets to the question, Matt, do you need expensive food? And oh, I can't even believe I'm saying this, but do you need a super expensive dress? Well, I didn't wear a wedding dress to my wedding at all. Silly. Silly. I didn't spend a lot of money. I don't think you need to spend a lot of money on a dress. You can find the dress of your dreams. Just don't go to Kleinfeld's. There you go. Don't go to Kleinfeld's. What is Kleinfeld's? That's yes to the dress. Ah, don't go to the yes to the dress store. And those, I think, are very reasonable things to think about. I want to share some laughably bad tips from Penny Hoarder. Number one, fake the cake. (laughs) Their suggestion, don't get a real wedding cake, just cover styrofoam in the shape of a cake in frosting. So this is a suggestion that I don't necessarily like, but have your guests pay for everything. What kind of monster would do that to their guests? I'm a traditionalist. Emily Post told us that you're supposed to have a meal that kind of represents what the guests would pay for a gift. So $50 for $50, $100 for $100. Hmm. The idea of asking people to crowdfund for your wedding is something that I think, as a Gen Xer, is a little tacky. Yeah, that would be really tough to convince me to go to a wedding where I've got to pay $100 just to attend. And I get it. I understand why. Do you get it? I don't get it. Yeah, because weddings can be really expensive. And then if you're just go to the justice wedding, of the peace. That's true. Now, again, I wouldn't do it. It's not for me. But for those people who say, you know, I really I want the even say a ten thousand dollar wedding. Well, for some people, ten thousand dollars can be quite a bit of money. So if you can get your fifty guests to each chip in a hundred bucks, well, you're halfway there. Well, obviously, I'm not planning everybody's wedding, and I do think that it's important to get in touch with what you value and what's important, and then look at your budget that way. But I still haven't been invited to one, but I don't know if I'd go to a crowdfunded wedding. Well, if you can't get your friends to pay for your wedding, how about corporate sponsors? Yes, Penny Hoarder also has a tip for you to find a corporation to pay for your wedding And they tell the story of a couple who got Burger King to pay for their wedding and to cater all the food. I just feel like if you're going to pitch a sponsor, go higher end than Burger King. (laughs) Go big or go home. They are the king of burgers, Kathleen. It's right in the name. I understand. I understand. And I do like burgers, but I might have to pitch somebody else. Like, I don't know. Go big, right? Olive Garden. Applebee's. (laughs) Like, why set your sights on Burger King? I don't understand. (laughs) I think having a corporate sponsor uh, for a wedding would also be exceptionally tacky. But again, if you are struggling to pay for even a relatively inexpensive wedding, hey, uh, okay, maybe that's how you go. 
To summarize all of this, what can be cut down without sacrificing your happiness? I think really that's the key to everything we're talking about today. Focus on what you really want in your wedding and what you really value in life. Don't forget to include the other person, your future partner. Once you decide what you value, everything else will follow from that. And you don't have to take our word for it. Up next, a financial advisor who focuses exactly on how to get your spending to align with your values. Eric Robert is a very smart CFP who joins us from beyondyourhammock.com. You wrote an article on saving up for a wedding. And the first steps, which I'm not making up, include funding a retirement plan, a health savings account, and a down payment fund. So my question for you is, is romance dead? What is not sexy about that, Matt? (laughs) (laughs) It's not dead. It it isn't dead. And the reason that we focus on that first is because we're both fiscally responsible and we know that there is a delicate balance between enjoying ourselves today and planning responsibly for tomorrow. So when we make decisions about today and tomorrow, we use both sides of the coin before jumping right in. So the idea is you're not skipping your wedding. You're not not having a wedding. Instead, you're saying, hey, these things are really important. We want to make sure that this groundwork is set up first before we decide how much to spend on the wedding. When we're looking at it, the number one source of divorce is money troubles, right? So if we go broke, we're getting divorced anyway. So why are we going to go broke on a wedding and not plan responsibly for it? Right. And then you'd need a second wedding. And then there's that cost again. (laughs) And case in point, you all didn't spend nothing on your wedding. You all had a budget of $15,000, which is about half of the average wedding cost. How did you come up with that number? Well, we looked at our cash flow and said, what could we realistically afford? And then we came from the other side of the coin and said, what do we want to afford? Our main goal was to have a weekend-long party with our family and friends. And a wedding would happen in the middle of it. That's what we looked for. And I think going that route allowed us to drop a lot of the typical traditional wedding type things. Like you have to get a venue and the venues automatically, you know, four to six grand. And you have to get the plates and the napkins and all the things. So we just dropped all of that and started with what we wanted and then built on it from there. I think some people are hearing 15000 still seems like a lot of money. But for you, this was a three-day dream vacation with your family. This wasn't just a one-night party. Right. That was the other thing. We didn't want to have it just end in a flash, the four-hour event, and then it's done. It went by quick enough as it was, but we wanted to have people come down, enjoy some time with our parents first, and then our family came down and our guests the next day. And then we had the wedding and the celebration on Saturday. And then Sunday morning, most people were staying at the house because we had eight bedrooms there and the wedding wasn't all that big. And we were able to enjoy breakfast with everybody until we dispersed from there. So it was a really longer wedding than normal. And it took us 12 to 15 months to save up for the wedding. We don't just have 15,000 sitting around that we can throw at it, whatever. We had to save up for it month after month until we got there. All right. So that gradual every month we're going to put about $1,000 in really made this affordable for you all. Right. $1,000 is not a drop in the bucket either. But again, we said we could afford $1,000 and still fund our other retirement goals. So we did it. If you could do this over again, 
looking now in the rearview mirror at it, is there anything that you would do differently? No. It was the most amazing experience because my goal was to replicate what I grew up doing, which was going to the beach with my family, having a good time, playing horseshoes on the beach, which we actually did. I did that with a Corona in my hand the day of the wedding <laughs> while Kaylee was getting ready. I was on the beach in my bathing suit playing horseshoes with my uncle and my friends. So it was just, it was awesome. And after the wedding, people were telling me, I remember my aunt saying, Eric, this was so great. You told me what you wanted to do and you actually did it. And we had so much fun and it felt so intimate, yet it was a great celebration too. So that just made me say, I did everything perfectly. Any parting advice for soon to be wedded couples? Look at what you want for your wedding. You don't have to try to impress anybody, just do your thing. And that's gonna give you the ability to relax and be open and just enjoy the moment. It doesn't have to be that expensive. Eric, thank you so much for your advice. You're welcome, Matt. It was great talking to you. That again was Eric Roberge, beyondyourhammock.com. I've been married for almost 22 years, and I can tell you, saving for retirement first is the key to a happy marriage. It's so boring but true. We actually just bought long-term care insurance, too. Wow. Is that the 22nd anniversary present to each other? Yep, the romance never dies. Yeah, something to look forward to, all you newlyweds. We began this episode with a very expensive Indian wedding. I believe it was $100 million. Of course, our Bollywood fans out there know there was another very big wedding recently. We are, of course, talking about the wedding of Ranveer Singh and Deepika Padukone. Of course. I find Deepika and Ranveer to be very charming. And while they are not household names in the United States, they are wildly famous in India and around the world. I'm bringing them up because their wedding was very unlike Aisha Ambani's wedding. First of all, their wedding cost just $250,000, which sounds like a lot. But keep in mind, it took place over a week and in two countries. Apparently, half of the cost was just for security. So to put that in a regular person's terms, it's more like having $125,000 for two of the biggest movie stars in the world. And let's put this another way. They could have gotten married every week for seven years just to equal the cost of Mbani's wedding. Would that be a new dress every week? The whole shebang. So the relatively low cost of their wedding was not the only reason we're featuring them. They also did something very thoughtful. They asked all their guests to donate to a mental health charity. So thousands of dollars was raised for charity, and no one had to waste time buying them lampshades. Win-win. And to be fair to the Ambonis, they also donated to charity. In their case, enough food to feed 5,000 people. Wow, that's inspiring. But most of us are not wealthy enough to donate that much. You know, maybe we could learn a lesson here. Do you really need the big registry and all those gifts? Probably not. And with couples getting married later in life, often you've already got two households worth of stuff. All the more reason not to do gifts at all. A 2017 story by the Times of India highlighted some other people who were asked for donations instead of gifts. Some highlights? One couple donated funds to provide medicine and food to the homeless, and another used the funds to plant a mango forest. 
And back when the story came out, the Syrian refugee crisis was in full swing. Two separate couples canceled their ceremonies and used those funds to feed thousands of those refugees. I think that's so lovely and truly inspiring, and I would hope that I would be that good of a person. Are you? I don't know. Well, we may not have inspired you to cancel your wedding to feed refugees. I hope we inspired you to have the wedding you want for less. If you have any trouble with this, reach out. You can visit nothingfunnyaboutmoney.org and send us a message. We're happy to help over email, phone, or in person. You can also visit breakingmoneysilence.com for help on how to talk about money in your relationship. Remember, don't stay quiet. Break money silence. Probably an important thing to do before you get married. I agree. Is that it, Matt? I think so. Thanks again, as always, to our executive producer, Chris Shoup, our associate producer, Gene Davis, our audio engineers, Garrett Burke and Roger Staus, and Michael Carden for operations assistance. Thanks, too, to Eric Roberge from beyondyourhammock.com. And thank you for listening. Until next time, peace. You've been listening to Nothing Funny About Money. This show is recorded in the studios of WUGA Athens on the University of Georgia campus. I'm Matt Gorin. And I'm Michael Thomas. Reach out. We'd love to answer your questions and help you achieve your goals. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And connect with us online at nothingfunnyaboutmoney.org.